0: All right, welcome to the second episode of the Greatest People You've Never Met podcast. I am your host Bennett Semph. Just wanted to quickly say thank you so much to everybody listening to episode one, being super receptive. Uh, Just been out a couple of days at the time of this recording, so. I appreciate you all for listening to that. Uh today we have a guest in studio, uh Daverius Johnson. Uh met D a couple months ago. Uh we co-workers uh, down here in Phoenix and uh we really hit it off and uh I think Devaris was probably one of the most excited people uh when I said I was starting a podcast uh right away. He was like let me get on that pod, man. So, uh, kept them in my back pocket and, uh, hope we could work something out and glad we're here. So I appreciate you being on today, brother.
1: Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you having me on here. And, uh, it's an honor. Yeah. the Greatest people you never met. Yeah. Hopefully I'm one of them. The but, first one. You're the, the first one. The first one. Well, you're the first one. I'm the second. Oh, okay. That's second, fair. second person. But, uh, I appreciate you having me on here. Something I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um, but, uh, I think it'd be uh, pretty cool to be on here. So I appreciate you having me.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. So, I don't know. We've known each other for just a little bit. So, uh, just a little quick introductory
1: about yourself. Where are you from?
0: A little bit about that. Tell everybody about your six foot five
1: self. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Not quite, man. Program height, (laughs) six foot five for sure. (laughs) Program height. Um, But yeah, man, uh, DeVaris. That's how you pronounce my name, but, you know, go by D makes it a little bit simpler. Um, But yeah, man, uh, born, born and uh, pretty much raised a little bit, uh, Brooklyn, New York, uh, then moved to Delaware for a little bit and then uh, moved out to Phoenix. So been out for Phoenix uh, about 15 years now, 14, 15 years. So quite a bit of time been out here. This is pretty much home at, you know, from now on, don't really see myself moving, you know, mm-hmm. unless, you know, money talks at the end of the day. So Amen. if the money talks, uh, it has to be a nice destination, though. Maybe a beach, Cali, something like that for sure in order for me to move. But, yeah, man, been out here for a long time. Uh, you know, played basketball uh, collegiately. Um, so it's pretty much it, man. Now it's life. Got two kids, a wife, um, and, you know, just trying to thrive, man. Just trying yeah. to make it happen out here in the world.
0: Absolutely well I want to dive into that a little bit so just getting to know you your basketball story I think is fairly unique uh, especially being from (laughs) Chandler and then going other places so uh, just tell me a little bit about that so uh, you played junior college ball correct Uh, where was that at
1: so I played junior college ball out here at Chandler Gilbert Community College Um, yeah I don't know it's just (laughs) so I want to say it's a weird story but uh Honestly, I probably wouldn't went there if uh, if I didn't have a ment- kind of couple mentors there, uh, a couple coaches that coached me, you know, uh, throughout high school and, like, AAU ball. Uh, so they kind of gave me the, you know, like, hey, man, I think you should go here. This particular coach will probably help you develop type thing. And um was able to go there. Uh, was it – if I wasn't a dummy, I would say essentially would have took school a little bit more serious in high school. Not necessarily I didn't take it serious, but – maybe applied myself a little bit more, could have went somewhere else, four year school. But I tell myself it's a blessing um, at the end of the day, because I've been looking at these campuses, bro. Like there's no way I would have graduated in four years. Absolutely no way. Uh, Especially going uh, as a freshman, because you know, everything is different, but uh, went there and then um, my freaking coach ended up leaving. He ended up leaving that after our first year, which was a freaking headache. Um, You don't know, I would say junior college basketball is kind of like Last Chance You. If you ever watch it, the basketball series, yeah. you ever watch that, uh, the Last Chance You Netflix series. Oh yeah. So kind of like that, man. We had a crazy amount of talent um, coming in. I had we had like a six eight post player, crazy, crazy athletic guards, crazy wings. I mean, shit. I think we probably could have competed for a national championship. But yeah. As I said, man, uh, junior college, season, you know, you're on your own. So, uh, half of the team fell off, yeah, that first first semester, so we uh started playing the second semester with like seven kids that didn't even really play, so right. that tells you the junior college life right there, how crazy it is, but um went there for two years and you know kind of did my thing a little bit, had opportunities to go places, but just didn't make sense for me, didn't really like the either the campus or my biggest thing at the time, um as we'll probably get into a little bit later has to be a mall within the vicinity. Mm. And uh where I was at, man, they told me they were taking day trips to go to like Tucson and Texas and all this stuff to, to go to the mall. I'm like, yo, I can't do that. Yeah. Can't do it. Got had the sneakers, you know what I mean? So um just kinda, you know, ended up uh going to a small school in Kansas and was able to kinda do my thing. So kinda all worked out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you graduated high school
1: twenty ten or twenty twelve? 2010.
0: 2010. So yeah. we're the same age. What so sure. I know, like, <clears throat> when I was coming out of high school, like, Juco ball, I mean, at least up north, was, like, not even a thought, right? Like, you were not going to go play Juco ball, like you said, like, it kind of meant, like, you're going to junior college because you're dumb, right? That was the whole, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was the whole thought around all of it. And then, I mean, now, Juco is such a different game. I feel like kids go to Juco, and it's just like, I'm going to Juco so, so I can go, go one. One, right? Yeah. So... For you coming out, especially because you play ball just down the road at Chandler High. Yes, sir. Uh, great athletic school all around. I mean, tons of athletes out of that school. We could sit here and name them forever. A lot of pros. Yeah. <laughs> A
1: lot of pros. Uh,
0: so what was that, I guess, recruiting process like? And was it hard? I mean, I know you said you had some mentors here at, at uh, Chandler Gilbert Community yeah. College but was it hard to decide to stay this close? I know some people are like, let me get out of town.
1: Um. Yes and no. So, I mean, the crazy thing is, is like at a very young age, I kind of knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, essentially, I won't say exactly what I want to do, but I had an idea. Um, but getting there, how the process worked. Um, so real, really being recruited, I mean, I had pretty much every junior college offer here in the state of Arizona almost. Um, and... My my biggest thing was is that I didn't want to repeat the same cycle as my siblings, mm-hmm. so it was hard for me to look at it in a in a sense that, you know, going to school but staying at home. Like mm-hmm. when you're 18, that was just my mindset. Like there's no way that I can, um, go to school stu- go to school and basically stay at home and kind of do that thing. So, uh, my biggest decision was to if I am going to go to school here in the state, um, either I have to. Go to school on campus, or I have to have my own place. So, um, you know, me and my girlfriend well, my girlfriend at the time, which is my wife now, still till today, Congrats. um, we appreciate it. Um, we uh, kind of decided to get an apartment, uh, you know, after our senior year. Uh, so that's what it really came down to. Yeah, uh, you know, I had other opportunities, but I just couldn't see myself. Like I said, it, it was like it was a stupid thing to say because yeah. at the end of the day, I could have stayed at home. But also, um, I just felt like it was just my parents, you know, my dad. I lived out here with my father. So and my stepmom at the time, you know, they did what they were supposed to. Right. So they took care of me up until 18. And then, you know, you kind of got to do your own thing. So that's what I put the pressure on myself to kind of do that. So that's one of the reasons why I ended up staying here for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So after you're done here, you touched on it a little bit, but I want to dig into it. So I played college ball in Mitchell, South Dakota, and <laughs> we had all these kids come in from wherever, right? And yeah. I was always so wild to me like why are you in Mitchell? <laughs> right? Uh so Mitchell, South Dakota is a town of like 10,000 people in the most desolate part of the state. And yeah. it uh yeah, it was nuts. But uh tell me a little bit about that transition. I mean, obviously I know that In the last 12 years, this area has grown up. And I know people that moved here, they probably wouldn't recognize this area 10 years ago or 12 years ago, right? No, for sure. But tell me about (laughs) now, the fifth most populated area in America, leaving here and going to middle of nowhere,
1: Kansas. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's even crazier because, you know, being born in in New York, you know, coming from Brooklyn, you know, is a way bigger city than this right it's the pace out here is way slower there's not much going on and then now there's something constantly going on it's constantly building so even when I moved out here um, I'll tell you this um, you know we stayed in Chandler and literally I got on a flight my flight got here like seven eight o'clock at night and literally that night we moved from Chandler to like Gilbert and like there was literally nothing out there like it was like uh, I kid you not, bro, I'll, I'll BS aside, there was a, um, there was a Walmart mm-hmm. <laughs> that was close by. Um, it was just fields. I don't even think the highway was completed, like the two or two loops all the way around. Yeah. That wasn't completed yet. They were just opening Santan mall. I'm not sure if you've ever been to oh, that yeah. mall, but that wasn't open yet. And there was like fields and just houses, like some Mm -hmm. houses. So, you know, just even from that time, I've seen a lot of stuff, like, come up for sure. And um, it's just constantly getting populated. Honestly, it's starting to get on my nerves Yeah, it's just too much traffic. But, yeah, man, it's uh, pretty crazy. I don't know if that answers your question.
0: Well, no, just, I mean, it does. (laughs) But what was that transition
1: period, like, bouncing to? So, for me, um, it was really an interesting recruiting process am mm-hmm. um, trying to go there. Um, you know, I went on a couple of visits with a couple of my teammates to, like, a couple of D2 schools and things like that. Um, but uh, my coach, Coach S, um, and actually my mentor, Dave Barrett, I actually met Dave first. He came out here and visited because uh, he kind of travels and he kind of looks at the alumni and try to get donations. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time, you know, my coach, my head coach asked him to, you know, come visit with me. Um, and I was talking to him like, man, we just connected, right? And he was like, look, because he's, you know, he's black like me, uh, you know what I mean? So he's like, yeah, man, I'm, you know, it's a real small town, but it's not really as small as you, as you think. And I'm like, all right, bro, like I don't know, what you yeah, tell, like my man, like yeah, like forty five minutes from the major city, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? From the airport, I don't know. I mean, small town is a small town. Like I'm yeah. sure it's not gonna be like this. And, like, after he told me that and, after, you know, my experience later, like, I kind of understood what he was saying. Like, you know, McPherson um, is a bigger city or town compared to, like, some stuff around us. Oh, yeah. Um, but he came out here, and then um, I met with uh, Coach Schwarzschildruber is his name, um, Tim Schwarzschildruber, a real good guy. Um, he came out here because he has family out here, and we kind of talked. Um, you know, I think he met my mom's too. at the time too. I think my mom was out here for whatever reason. Um, and we kind of met and then I flew out there like later in the spring on a, rec- like kind of like a recruiting visit. <laughs> yeah, man, it was different. So he picked me up from the airport and, um, like where we play our, our tournaments at, or our conference tournament is called Hartman arena. Okay. And <laughs> it's crazy because, um, I kind of rewind a little bit back, but the year before I got there, they made it to uh, to the Final Four. So I think they went, I think they made only lost like two games, two or three games the whole year, uh, was ranked like top five in the country the whole year. I think they may have lost one game in the conference. So they were just running the table the year before. So that was really kind of like the biggest thing because I never, I had a lot of individual accolades um, going into junior college and out of high school and stuff like that. But I never really had an opportunity to either win a state championship or make it to the semifinals or anything like that. So his biggest thing was like, yeah, man, this is where we play our, our conference championship games. And, uh, you know, that's where you get your ring at. Oh, that's cool. Whatever. So yeah. now we're still driving, you know, they're probably look another 30 minutes down the way. And um, we get to the school and at the time it's dark. Right. So I don't know what the hell the school really looks like. We drive by and uh you just see like this little arch, like the arch in front of the school since mm-hmm. we first in college. So he drives me around the back, I stay with one of my teammates on a recruiting visit and um it's uh you know, they have like a little apartment, there's a couple other players there too. Um, so then the next day we do I think we do like a little tour of the school. And I'm looking around, bro, like, I think my high school campus is big. <laughs> oh, <Yo>, yeah. <laughs> it's campus, right? So, uh, we do the thing. We go there, open gym, you know, have a good time, balling out, meeting the players, and stuff like that. And um, we get back, talking to the homie. He's actually from the city. Uh, my man, Mike, he from the city of uh, Wichita. So, I'm like, yo, bro, like, how many people go to this school, fam? Mm-hmm. He was like, bro, I ain't going to lie to you. I think, like, 300, 400 kids. I'm like, what? Three, four kids. <laughs> the hell? Like I graduated more kids in my high school class. If y'all got that go here, right? So I'm like, damn, this small as hell. But I, I liked it though. Like the vibe was cool. It wasn't too crazy. Um, you know, small campus. I can literally just walk from the apartment or wherever I'm at to the gym, library, all of that stuff. Everything is like pretty close by. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm like, all right, cool. This is this sweet or whatever. So the crazy thing is, is that. My boy, he goes back home because it's like 45 minutes. So he literally drives every weekend back home. Sure. I'm, like, bro, I'm not staying here. So I'm like, all right, bro, I'm not trying to stay here either by myself. <laughs> so I went uh during the visit. I went back to Wichita with him. Right. <laughs> so we're on the it's the news or whatever. It says it's gonna be a tornado. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, tornado. Fam. I'm like, what we gonna do? He's like, yo, I'm gonna go. We got I got my girl house. We're gonna go over there and chill in our basement. Like, what What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, it's wild. So, so we go over there, kick it, chilling over there. And uh, when I tell you, bro, like the, it was like a scene out of like Twister or the stuff that you see on the movies is like real life. So like (laughs) where we was at, like her, the house was like on like maybe say this block right here. This is her house, two streets over. All of that stuff was like tore up. I'm like, yo, I don't know if (laughs) if this Kansas thing is, is for me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a wild experience, but, um, overall, man, I, I think, um, it wasn't my experience there for sure. Wasn't too crazy. It was just perfect for me, right? Yeah. Like I'm outgoing enough, but I'm, I don't need to be out all the time. Right. Um, and you know, I had a goal, I had a goal, you know, I looked at it like I got two years here. I'm gonna get my, my degree and I'm gonna ball out. That's yeah. really what it came down to. So having that mental focus and. And things like that made it a little bit easier um, to kind of go there. But it's totally different, man. It's crazy. And, uh, like, the towns around me, I don't know how the hell they recruit kids there because there's literally nothing there.
0: Oh, no, for sure. It is nuts. I mean, especially you get up to those NAI schools in the Midwest and there's nothing for miles in there. I mean, especially, like I said, you came from a populated area and you grew up for a little bit in Brooklyn, so then that's in the back of your head. So you've definitely seen – The most extremes of America, which is... is, uh, I mean, it's cool for you. It's, I'm sure, a heck of an experience, but... Oh, for sure.
1: The only thing I haven't done is I haven't lived in the South. I mean, I got family in, like, North Carolina and stuff like that, but um, I never lived in the South. I lived on the West Coast, Midwest, and East Coast, so just got to... I never lived up North, so... I don't think that's going to happen. We'll either. have to take a trip back <laughs> for sure. Just in the dead of winter,
0: though, take you ice fishing or something. I'll
1: pass on that one, bro. I might go <laughs> hunting with you, though. I'm interested in that. Oh,
0: no, that's good stuff. So, did your
1: girlfriend then follow you to McPherson as well, or did she stay here? Nah. So, what happened is my my wife. She's actually from from Oregon. So, crazy thing is that, uh, excuse me, that uh, last year we was here, junior college. Her dad. Moved us, so we drove. We had to get out of our apartment at a certain time. So we drove from Phoenix to Portland. Essentially, she lives like she's probably like a small town outside of Portland, probably like 30 minutes outside of Portland. So we drove up there, like he drove mostly, yeah. (laughs) But uh, we drove from Phoenix to Portland. I think I was out there for roughly about a month, and then he actually drove me from school to school. Like, so we took a trip from Portland to kansas and he drove probably i think it was probably like a 20-hour trip he probably drove about 17 yeah (laughs) 17 of those hours it was rough but uh uh so she actually ended up staying in kansas or not kansas in oregon um those two years and um yeah she came to visit a few times but she was just out there the most part and then um after i finished school we moved back here
0: gotcha that's very sweet
1: Uh, So you kind of touched on it a little bit
0: earlier. Kind of one thing that I love about you is is your passion for shoes. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, uh, it's I don't know, it's a unique thing. I I think that not everybody respects that stuff, or you know, it, it obviously doesn't appeal to everybody. So tell me a little bit about that. I mean, obviously we all like to wear nice kicks, but how did you get into? how did you become a collector of shoes i guess how did the collecting start i mean everybody's got shoes to wear but how do you start collecting so i don't shoes?
1: necessarily so it's, there's a difference right uh, i want i mean the sneaker community which is a freaking large community now and it's honestly it's starting to freak me out um just because it's like all different walks of life yeah. that's imparted like that enjoy sneakers which is nothing wrong with that um but honestly i got into sneakers for because my uncle Okay. Right. Now my uncle's probably like uh like he was the first person I seen. Like like now it's it comes like I would had a diamond dozen people have like a few forty, fifty pairs. But when I tell you my uncle had like this whole wall that's like behind us, like it was like a stack going all the way across and that's where my passion came from. Just like also he hooped, right? Yeah. So he was a hooper, but also he had a lot of women.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> you, know? you know what I mean? So I'm like, man, so I can hoop. I get sneakers and I get girls. That's really where it came from, right? Yeah. So you always look fly. My uncle had, man, he had so many sneakers back in the day. It was crazy. Like I remember one time we, um, this is when I was probably like, probably like ten or twelve, and I remember very vividly. We went into a uh, Foot Locker in downtown Brooklyn, and um, at the time, like one of his mans was working there, right? He was like the manager of this Foot Locker, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the Harachi Two K Four. So the Harachi 2K4 came out and uh, it's probably it's probably one of my favorite basketball sneakers of all time. But I remember it came out it was the white, black and red ones that came out and they just had released probably like two days ago. And he went in there, tried the sneaker on. Right. <laughs> and, uh, he tried it on. And I remember this moment very vividly. Like we sent it to like kind of the back of the store. My man, hit, hit the dude that ran the store came out, gave him the back put the sneakers in the bag. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm young. I'm like, yo, you gonna pay for those? He's like, nah, we're good. So we walk out with the pair sneakers. Like, sneaker at the time, I mean, probably like 120 dollars. You know what I mean? So it ain't nothing compared to what we spending now. Right. But I was like, yo, don't they got a sensor on it or something? He's like, nah. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Just walked out <laughs> with a free pair of sneakers. But it was crazy. Like that's like some of my earliest sneakers moments. You know what I mean? But. Honestly, I got it all from my uncle. Like, I idolized him, you know what I mean? Like, my uncle, like, 6'6", he hooped, you know what I mean? I'll say the sneakers and the girls, man. Like, The sneakers and the girls is really what got me into it. But, uh, you know, I've been doing, like, reselling. Really, I guess I would say I probably just started doing it real life, like, as a business. Uh, It's been about two years. But I've been reselling sneakers I used to work at, finish line, back in the day. So I used to look out for my boys, you know what I mean? But yeah. I used to do it because it was love. It was never because I'm trying to make an extra dollar or anything like that. Like, if I rock with you, I rock with you. Yeah. Like, yo, I need this size. All right, bro, say less. I got you, you know what I mean? If I got it, you got it. That's just how it is. But, um, yeah, man, it's like, sneakers is it's what I do. Yeah. I love it.
0: No, I love it. Uh, so a little, like, uh, so your resale business now, what's that like? How is that? I mean, essentially, that game work. You have, like, clientele. Is it? I know you do some of
1: the sneaker shows. Just tell me a little bit about that. So, it kind of goes a little bit of both. I mean, I I can probably put a little bit more – I wouldn't say I don't put more effort into it, but sometimes I don't really like dealing with the BS, man. Like, some people are full of it, and, you know, you kind of go from there. But um, I have – probably like a solid like 10 people that consistently buy from me. You know, I mean, it comes like pretty much heavy release. Uh, they may like, hey, I need this particular sneaker. All right, cool. I'll find it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as business wise, it's more social media. Right. I have a website and uh, it. yeah, it's was boy, There it is. Yeah, boy, you late. You know what I mean? But um, I don't, I don't use it. You know what I mean? Just because I, I have a, I want to say a fair, um, but like, you know, I know how the game go, right? So people can, you can get chargebacks and all this other stuff. So like I can ship the sneaker. sneaky, all my stuff is real. You know what I mean? So I can give you a receipt, all of that. But you know, you got the scammers. Oh yeah. So I'd rather do my, my transactions in person. Like, you know, people want you to send them the product or they want you to send it. And that was another big thing too. Like you can t- tie stuff into PayPal. And PayPal don't really, they really don't back the the seller. They more back the buyer, right? Mm-hmm. So even the sneak can be real, I can send you this, this, and this, um, but then they try to hold your money, mm. right? So that's my biggest thing. I'd rather really have my money up front, you yeah. know what I mean? Like cash, you can sell me, cash app, Venmo, all of that. You know, I'd rather have it do it that way. But also you get that kind of personal interaction, right? So even though, yeah, I may have at some point, I'm gonna have a clientele that's from different states. Yep. Um, but right now, pretty much all of my stuff is out of state. You know, I got a couple of people out of um Most of my stuff is in state. I got a few clients that's out of state, but, uh, you know, it's nothing too crazy at the moment. So that's why going to the sneaker shows and networking and stuff like that is really the kind of the biggest thing for sure.
0: Yeah. So <clears throat> I guess, like, uh, I mean, obviously, like, StockX has blown up in the last couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. Like, obviously, what's that like? What's that done to like the game? Because I know, like, they—I've obviously bought a couple of shoes on there. Like, they gotta yeah. authenticate everything, or they check it out. Apparently,
1: supposedly, right? yeah, yeah right? supposedly. So, nah. what's that done to like for, for it, me? Yeah. Um. Honestly, man, Stock X is the—I don't even know the right verbiage—but Stock X is a gift and a curse, right? So, say for example, I don't. Usually buy resell unless I know I have a buyer for the sneaker, yeah. Um, and I can make X amount of dollars off of it, right? So Stock X gives you that measuring stick, right? It gives you that value. So say, for example, um, if I buy a sneaker today, um, whatever, let's say a Yeezy, right? If I want a Yeezy and I didn't hit it on retail, most people use Stock X as the kind of like your marker, right? So, you so that's where the- they compare like their comps. Exactly. So you'll look at it, it's like, okay, well, a size nine and a half is going for three twenty. But the problem, I won't even say it's a problem because I do. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. I do the same thing, mm-hmm. right? But as a me as a seller versus a buyer is different. So as a, if I'm buying, I can't buy it at three twenty, right. right? Because I have to make a profit, right? Now if I had a storefront, all of this, maybe I can market it up to four hundred dollars. People would buy it just because they're coming to buy from my store. Cool, but I don't have a storefront, and I don't feel like gouging people in the eye, yeah, right? so I'm not gonna buy it at three twenty realistically. I'm probably gonna buy it at three or not even three I'll probably buy it at like two eighty right That's what I feel comfortable with because then I can sell it at probably like three fifty yes right, give or take, just depending on what the sneaker is. I just want to make x amount of dollars and continue to flip. I don't want to buy something at a high value and hold on to it and hold on to it mm-hmm. and then I'm just tying up money right so Uh, I think StockX is a really good tool, Um, but if I had a bot, I wouldn't mind selling on StockX, right? Because I'm buying everything. I can buy 60 pairs of the same sneaker that checked out all at retail, right? and then I can just sell it at $20 $20 margin. So, if I make $20 off all of those shoes, I'm fine with that because I'm still getting all of this money back, and I made a profit off of it. So, it's a little bit different, but I, I think... Stock X is a gift and a curse. At the same time, if there was a better way to do it, then great. But, I mean, you utilize StockX for what StockX is for, right? Yeah. Especially as an uh, independent reseller. I don't have a storefront. I just have just network and Instagram and uh, website. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I basically use – so, for example, if the sneaker on Stock X costs – and if you wanted to buy it from me, but you are different. But if somebody else wanted to buy it from me, right – and the sneakers at okay, it says three twenty on Stock X. I throw an extra twenty on there because Stock X is going to charge you fees and all this other DS. Sure. So if you want it now, you don't got to wait for shipping. You have it in hand right now. So whatever Stock X price is, typically that's how I do it. Stock X price plus you know twenty or thirty, depending on what the sneaker is. Is typically how I price my stuff. Now if we had a sneaker show, might be a little bit higher sure. because there's a buyer there, right? Um, and they're there to spend money. Yep. You know what I mean? That's the there in my environment. So it just it just depends, but I don't have a problem with StockX. Personally, I don't sell on StockX anymore back 3 years ago if I needed to move something quickly, yeah, I would throw a couple sneakers on there, get my couple hundred dollars and go do what I need to do, but yeah. personally I don't I stay away from StockX unless it's something like if I have something like super rare, if I have like a uh I don't know maybe like a collab sneaker or something like that, yeah. and I know I don't have a necessarily a buyer that's willing to pay me that price here in the market, um, then I'll throw it on StockX and cash out, right? Yeah. But other than that, I don't, I don't necessarily use StockX except for more, uh, see what a price is for the most part. Sure. So, like, the
0: sneaker shows, what's that like? Uh, like, I mean, like, obviously, like, we, you know, like, I'm into cards, so like I go to the yeah. card shows. Is it just, like... Dudes just swapping cash and like looking for sneakers, or is there like people? I mean, there's obviously some slimy people in everything, right? Oh, for but, sure. I mean, how many like at your sneaker shows, like how many dudes are trying to pass fakes?
1: Um, it depends on what sneaker show you're at, okay. right? So, I would say some of the lower, I wouldn't even say lower tier, but more your local, local stuff, right? So, let's look at, um, like, I don't know, what's like the like the Mercedes Benz of everything, right? So, yeah. luxury. So, the luxury is going to be like your uh sneaker con. Sneaker con is the top tier sneaker show I've ever been a part of. Now, there's some other bigger sneaker shows out there, but from my experience, uh, just the experience that I had and only done one sneaker con. I've been to a couple sneaker cons, but I never you Know vended at a sneaker con until um last year, late last year. Um, but there's you know, there's definitely levels to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sneaker con, the way they run their thing, and everybody knows about it, their social media presence is enormous. Um, they typically bring out like the celebrities, right? Or you have like the ogs of the sneaker community, you know, f- uh, for example. Um, and I think he actually gets paid from sneaker comp of some sort. But uh, this dude named 2J's, he's out uh, out in Vegas. Like, I'm mean, he's not an OG, but he, I would say he probably inspired and re, I wouldn't even say reinvented. He just took this sneaker, this reselling stuff to to another level. Yeah. Like, he just, he just does it. Man. And, you know, I look at what he's done over, I think it's like seven years now. He's opened this store for seven years. And my man brings in. Bread, bro, like motherfucker makes a lot of money, and I respect this hustle. Um, you know, a lot of people hate on him, a lot of people love him, but I mean, I guess it's a give and take of what what comes with, with what you're doing and how successful you are at the end of the day, right? Um, but yes, yeah, sneaker con for sure is the top tier. Um, and then my man out here, um, Ryan at Guest List, he does a fucking excellent show out here every three to four months or so, and that's probably that's like our biggest show. Um, and then one of my partners, um that I do a lot of business with my homie, big bro, um, 13 on up. He does a show out here too. Um, but he, he actually kind of, um, he done it, he did it a different way. Um, so when we were in the pandemic, he was just like, man, I just think I need to, you know, he opened it, He opened a store in the pandemic. Um, I was like, man, we just need to get back to it. So what he did, I mean, honestly, his store is not like huge or anything like that, but he like reinvented it. Right. So he did like a little pop-up shop, and I think, if I remember correctly, it was probably only, like, 10 vendors. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just really started getting, you know, getting out there. He was like, yo, bro, I want you to do the show with me. Um, it's going to be at my at my store. And he, like, really changed it. Like, you know what I mean? I respect him for that because his hustle is different, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know, too. Like, you know what I mean? Other people try to do the same thing everybody else doing. He's probably one of the people out here that really stay in it. Like, he just do whatever. Whatever he feel or whatever God tell him to do. You know what I mean? He do it, and um, I respect him for that. But um, he really kind of gave gave me a, a you know kind of the opportunity to kind of get my name out there and yeah. kind of do these little things. And my man, like, typically I'll tell you right now. Typically, a table at most shows is probably like a hundred dollars. You know, a bigger show, like fuck, I just paid four fifty for a table for two days mm-hmm. in L. A. So it just mm-hmm. depends for Stock X or not Stock X Sneaker Con. But, um he was like, and this is so much love man that he does, you know, he's just like me, bro, like he just show love to er- you know everybody um, but shit he our table for him at his first show was like 20 bucks, bro it was 20 dollars right. for the table. I think it was 20 or 25 dollars for the table, right? yeah, he was like, bro, I don't even care about you know the amount of money that I gotta put into. It. I just want everybody to eat, bro, and I'll tell you that first show we ate yeah. <laughs> we ate good me and my cousin so we we did a good you know pretty good shop, job for our first show and um you know it's not like he was like yo you all should give me like $20 from every you know whatever he didn't care yeah. you know it was just love so it's definitely levels to it you know in regards to um like different sneaker shows but like i said bros you can't get any better than a sneaker con and there's a sneaker con pretty much every month um that's only out in LA no so so sneaker con actually does it Everywhere Okay So I think The last one This last one Was in San Antonio Shit They had one In Atlanta Um, Florida They kind of do They do it everywhere Man Shit I think a few years ago Before the pandemic They had one Shit I think maybe Tokyo or something Oh really Yeah Yeah. bro They go everywhere But uh, this one in LA um, Is in May They got one in Beginning of May In Denver Yeah Um, But this will be my first show outside of the state of Arizona. So I'm looking forward to it, man. And I think um, besides L.A., you know, New York is going to be the—L.A. and New York, for sure, are going to be your two biggest um, shows. Yeah. And, like, I just know them. I mean, shit, bro, you see celebrities walking to that motherfucking bunch stuff. So it's just, like, it's just different. So, like, for sure, man, like, I'm just excited for it, bro. I'm stacking up pairs right now, bro. Yeah. I'm excited for it. So
0: when you go to, like, SneakerCon, like, you're heading out— What's your inventory look like? How many pairs are you trying to have on hand? Like, I mean, what's that? What do you got to, I mean, what, obviously you're paying a pretty penny for that table, right? I mean, like you're already down 500 on that table. So what's that, what's that look like for you? What are you trying to bring in? Or like, what are you trying to bring out there? How how are you tailoring it to make people pick D out of the crowd with your shoes?
1: Honestly, man, we just kind of, so me and my cousin basically do it together, um, but we just try to be us, man, like we yeah. don't we don't try to mimic anybody else, we don't do we, you know what I mean, like we stick within our means, like obviously like i like I don't like to pay resale um just because it's like hit or miss, like you can buy I'll tell you right now, like if y'all buy it's like especially a Yeezy like I'm not an adidas guy right. So, it's not like it's something I'm aware, of. like i don't don't get me wrong, like I think some of the sneaks that he, they, they make are dope, yeah, and i I like them. But I just I'm a a Nike guy, um, but the problem is with Yeezys like I don't know for one the price point is like two thirty, so I'm paying like two fifty a sneaker you yeah. know what I mean, and if it's a good sneaker that means they're making fucking a shit ton of them now, and then typically my profit margins are not that high. I mean I'm gonna say not that high, but um, it just depends on your market right. right. Um, so I personally I'll buy them if I get it for retail. Don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't necessarily buy a Yeezy for resale unless I have a buyer. Sure, that's just me. Um, but yeah, man, it's my the what it looks like for this show. I think I'm probably gonna be like close, probably over a hundred pair to resell um, to to go out to L.A. Yeah, um, but usually like a big show out here, like like I said, my man, um, it's called heated soul. Um, usually, we probably bring, like, 50 pair. Okay. You know what I mean? 50 yeah. pair. If I sell 20 to 25 pair, yeah. it's a great, great weekend, right? Um, And then some of the other shows probably bring, like, 30 to 40. Right. But this one, I feel like I got to bring out some shit. You know what I mean? I got to bring out some heat. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, you know, I've been picking up stuff here and there and just trying to continue to build that inventory just because I, I don't know, man. My biggest thing is, um, and I think I probably... Overthink stuff It's just like Man what if they don't Fuck with me You know what I mean and Yeah. I, I want to make sure That I have Some decent shit Like I don't want to Come out there With some bogey shit And <laughs> I'm just sitting out there With a bunch right. of bricks You know what I mean So I got to get Some attention grabbers So that's Like biggest thing Like I don't need to have You know 10 of them I right. just need to maybe Have one or two right. And then the rest of the stuff Because the way I price things I price things at a fair price Sure But I always leave room To negotiate You know A couple bucks here A couple bucks there But um, you know You get a lot of um, At these shows You get a lot of Store store owners Or other resellers Man and You know they try to Buy stuff from you And some of them Some of them pay Some yeah. of them don't But at the end of the day Like I'm not about to Sit here and go back And forth with you bro Like if you're buying mo- The more pay you buy From me the better deal You gonna get Sure But mostly if you're Trying to buy one sneaker And you're trying to Talk me down $50 Fam it's not gonna happen Right <laughs> You know what I mean But overall man This is I don't know bro It's a dope ass experience For sure Something that you gotta do I mean, even if you're a vendor or um, even if you're not into sneakers, man, sneaker kind is sneaker con, but uh, there's so much more that goes into it, man. It's like artwork, yeah. and clothing, and all types of stuff, man. So it's like a mixture of it's just a, basically a big ass trade show. You know what I yeah. mean? So it, it's pretty fun, man. I enjoy it. It's long ass days, bro. Don't oh, get me wrong. For sure. I remember the first show that we did, um, like our bigger show. I was like, dog, I'm exhausted, bro. because you just interact with so many people, you laugh and joke and just try to make those connections. But it's fun. I enjoy it, man. Yeah. It's, it's a good, it's a good time for sure. I love it. So here's
0: my big question with yeah. sneakers, right? Like, so like the thing I learned in cards is like, okay, if you're gonna buy a card, like make sure you like that card because you might not sell it, right? Like, so that's probably a thing. Like you do, like you only buying shoes that you like. But you got some big ass feet, so. <laughs> How? What? Like, are you just buying like nine and a half through twelve and a half for thirteen? Like, whatever you can get your hands on, or like, how does that work? Like, how um, do you make sure you don't flop on a pair?
1: No, well, there's no such thing as. Fl- I mean, shit. It depends on how how long you hold them, right? Sure. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't make a fucking crazy amount of profit on every sneaker, um, but I make. I would probably say. 90% of the time, I'm probably making profit off of it, or yeah. a decent amount of profit. I try to keep it within a certain margin, uh, which you know about, right? You yeah. am margin a certain amount. Uh, I mean, there's been some sneakers. I'm like, bro, I just fucking get this shit away. Sure. Like, this shit Just get d- your money back. I, just, I fucking lose sometimes, sure. bro. Like, you know what I mean? I lose. I think one time, this is one of my points, right? So Yeezy made a basketball sneaker. And I never, and this is a particular app. I never hit on this Adidas app, right? And it was like a fucking crazy ass, like morning, bro, crazy morning. So it was probably like a, it was like a seven hundred dollar morning, bro. I think I hit on like two, like two or three pairs. Of sneakers, like two on the Nike app, and then one on the Adidas app. Now this Adidas was like two hundred fifty dollars, dog. Retail. <laughs> Retail was like two hundred fifty. Was a uh, Adidas basketball sneaker, and. um it was like a size 14. I'm like, bro, now I'm going to hit this because I don't want to spend this money this morning. You know, yeah. I don't think in the back of my head. Like, bro, I don't really want to spend this bread this morning. Like, I know this shit's about to hit. And so, I get the confirmation, oh, you hit. So, this is a size 14. It's a, a Yeezy basketball till <laughs> And, bro, it's ugly as shit, right? So, um, I'm holding on. I think I held on to it for like a couple months. And then, uh, the first show, like, we ran like a couple deals. Like, yo, size 14. Because it. Bro, I'm I'm telling you, bro, the shit went down to like two hundred dollars. So I'm like already down like yeah, that's not even including tax, dog. Like yeah. you know what I mean? So I'm already down like seventy bucks. I think it we ended up selling it for like one eighty, one ninety, but it was just a deal. Like I'd rather even though I lost, I would rather take that one ninety and put it into something else. You yeah. know what I mean? Um so that I mean, I don't know, bro. Like for me, I wear size thirteen, my cousin wears size thirteen. Thirteens are usually the more more profitable sneakers. Sure. Um, so now everybody's looking for bigger sizes. So honestly, it kind of works out. Um I have a bad habit of buying sneakers and then like like oh I like this one. So yeah. I'm gonna try to hold on to it. My wife, she gets she to be on my head about it. Like I got too many pairs of sneakers and now like I have a lot of sneakers that I haven't worn. Like at the house, I think uh, I think I counted the other day. I got like seventy five pair at the house, and then I have like another like sixty some pair in storage. So like, I literally wear the same sneakers like yeah. in the house all the time. Like not all the time, but it's like a rotator. like. But there's those same like seventy pair that's in there that I wear. And then I started counting some other stuff that I have that I don't even that I haven't worn yet. They're just brand new in the box. And right. um, I try to stay away. I'm trying to get in a habit of if I want a sneaker that's coming out, I have to sell three of them. Yeah. Like three of the same sneaker in order for me to justify keeping that one. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. And sometimes it it doesn't, doesn't. but I, mentally that's what I try to do. It doesn't always happen, but there's like certain sneakers that I have to have. You know what I mean? Like, and don't get me wrong, bro. I got the same sneaker. Like, two to three times like if it re-release again i'd buy it again yeah you know what i mean but i probably won't wear it for like three to four years sure um but yeah this my wife she hates it but yeah. you know it's all good it's she, all right. she gotta understand it now man yeah. she gotta understand it
0: she will she will uh so i know you talked about the harachis a little bit what is the one sneaker like you saw that release date and you were like i have to have that like personally for you what is that one shoe over this whole time that you were like, That's the shoe I gotta have.
1: That I have to have? Yeah, like
0: you saw that release date coming out and you were like, There's no doubt about it. This, I have to I have to have that. There's one. a
1: few sneakers that I want that I still don't have. You sure. know what I mean? But um, you know, at this point I don't know, I'm stupid. I wanna say I'm stupid, <laughs> but like hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Um so there's let me see. I'll probably say there's probably like maybe like three sneakers that I had the opportunity to buy. Or, at the time, I was fucking broke as shit, and I couldn't buy it. you know what I mean? It just didn't make sense like I can't get it. you yeah. know what I mean um, but there's one sneaker that's like my Holy grail that I plan on buying sometime in the future, but it's a call of Dorn Becker five um so the Dorn Becker series is like it's a pretty dope story um so it's a hospital um it's a hospital in Portland, Oregon, or something. Yeah, I think it's in Portland. But it's Dor- it's called Dornbecker, So Nike collabs with them every year, and it's, like, kids with, like, rare. Like, they select, um, I believe it's, like, five or six kids that has, like, a rare disease or whatever. Like, you know, it's, like, a charity thing, right? Okay. But these, these kids get to go in and design a sneaker. Um, and this kid designed it's a, a Dornbecker five, it's like an all black five, and it has like some like designs in it. But I'm a sucker for, you know, I'm hella kiddish, but yeah. I'm a sucker for the glow in the dark shit. You know okay. what I mean? For whatever reason, on a sneaker, I can be five, you know what I mean? And it excites me. Um, but this particular sneaker, it glows in the dark, and it comes with a blue, a uh, black light. Um, comes with a black light in a hat and like it kind of highlights the thing this the soul glows in the dark it's a dope sneaker that's like my favorite like my one of my favorite sneakers of all time um but i still never pulled the trigger and i remember this was one was was it super bowl it was no it's either super bowl like Whenever the Super Bowl was out here, like, in, like, 2014 or something, or it could have been – no, it was the Final Four.
0: So, just a couple years ago.
1: Yeah, it was the Final Four. It was 2017. Yeah. I think it was 2017, right? And uh, this dude, like, he had him. He had him in his size 13. Now, remind you, like I said, hindsight is twenty twenty. He was like – and, you know, the sneaker market has changed so much in, like, literally even the last, like, two years – but, um, he had, he had an owner and I'm like, y'all need this sneaker, bro. Like I need it. And I try to talk him down. He's like, y'all got it. At, I think he had it like five or six, like five or 600 bucks. Now today, if that shit was five to $600, you're was, all over it. <laughs> She's just going to have to be mad. I yeah. need it. Right. Yeah. Um, but I was like, damn, bro. Like, I don't know if I can justify spending five, $600 on a sneaker. You know what I mean? And, um, so, I passed. I didn't, I never bought it. And for the last probably like two to three years, I look at StockX all the time. And there's only maybe like one or two pair. I probably can source it somewhere else. But, you know, obviously StockX is StockX. But um, it's like $1,000. I'm like, damn, bro, I should have just bought it at five. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, that's one of the sneakers that, that I wish uh, I wish I would have had or, you know, would have pulled the trigger and got. But it was just something I couldn't get. Um, see, there's a dunk. Um, it's not a Tiffany dunk. It's called a, a Diamond Supply. It's a dude out in L.A. Um, Nikki Diamond, and um, he's done. He done a he done a Tiffany dunk. Um, back in the day, like early two thousands, that was crazy. But he designed a, another dunk. It was like a series. And me and my cousin went out to um to L.A. It was Long Beach what, three, four years ago? Yeah. um, For, it was called Complex Con, so it was like another big trade show, but that trade show is nuts, man. They got all types of stuff in there, bro, like clothing, skateboards, toys, all types of shit, bro. We didn't even know what the hell we was getting into. I just went there for the sneakers, right? So um, he was supposed to release this sneaker at, it was supposed to be a a Complex Con exclusive, and it was a yellow dunk. It was called a Canary Dunk. Um, That's probably like one of my other girls that I... At some point in life, I'll probably obtain it, but that shit is like eight racks, bro. (laughs) I I mean, that's like it might be a little bit less, but somewhere around there. But it's just one of those sneakers that, like, I don't even know if I'll wear that motherfucker, bro. It's like it's just put it
0: on the pedestal.
1: It probably just sit there and collect dust, but it would be like something I have to have. But um, those two. There's probably a couple other one I can't think of right now that it's like something that I have to have, but for sure the Doran Becker five and I talk to my wife about that all the time, but that's like one of the sneakers and I would actually wear that one just because I've been wanting it for a long time. It's just a it's a clean it's a clean yeah. sneaker for sure.
0: And just so everybody knows, this man also calls his wife and makes her get in, get her, her get in line for sneakers. <laughs> so I've been with this man before, and he says, hey, oh, I need you to go to
1: Dick's. I need you to go to Dick's. Uh, so. Dick's Sporting Goods, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I do. I did. Uh, I forgot what sneaker that was, but it was just recently, man. Like It geez. was KD something, wasn't it? No, nah, it wasn't a KD. What the hell was that? I think it was a Adidas, actually. I think it was a, a Yeezy. Okay. It may have been a Yeezy. Um, but, yeah, I remember her uh, uh, because we got a fucking bullshit-ass sales meeting. And I told yeah. James, like, bro, you got this shit carrying on. I could have went over there and got me, like, at least four pair. But, uh, luckily, she was still able to secure the bag for your boy. So yeah. <laughs>
0: She hates it so much she
1: goes and gets in line. So <laughs> It's funny. I love that. Uh, tell me
0: a little bit about your uh, your YouTube channel. I know you talked about it some, and you don't do a ton with it. Uh, but you you have and and hopefully it's something you can bring back because it's a it's a unique concept and I like that a lot. So uh, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So the YouTube channel really is not even mine. I'm I I'll be lying to you, but my daughter. Um, so I have two daughters. So uh, my oldest daughter, she's eight. Um, she does it. She loved the TikTok thing. So the pandemic really like TikTok and YouTube. Like she was just all over it. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, Oh, can we make a YouTube channel? Can we make a YouTube channel? I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I mean, she enjoys sneakers too. Um, and it's really probably going to get really expensive for me here pretty soon, but, um, not that it's not already, but it's probably going to get more. Um, cause my youngest daughter, she's a nut for it too. Um, but you know, we call it a daddy and me sneaker review show. I mean, we still do it. Um, I try to do a video once a month, but um it's pretty cool man i enjoy she something that she enjoys you know just bringing her personality and knowledge she has a lot of personality as well so yeah um it's just something that we could do together you know what i mean so i I definitely um enjoy doing it with her um it's just the time man like i buy sneakers all the time i buy them sell them buy them sell them buy them, them right so the amount of time like especially if it's something hot like it's something that's crazy like Bro, I don't got time to sit here and shoot a video. I gotta go get this money. You yeah. know what I mean? So it, it's been a couple of times I try to rush it, it doesn't come out as great. Um But for the most part, we try to, I try to take my time and just I have I have to do a better job of allowing her to dominate it. Yes. Yeah. I give a fuck about me, you know what I mean? Nobody right. cares. It's all about the kid, the you know, the cute kid interaction. Um, but she's not to the point where she can kinda dissect the sneaker and like kinda talk to it in that in that way. Um, so it's something that we have to practice on, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's cool. Um, it's cool. Don't have a lot of viewers. So if you guys want to, you know, slide That's on right. over, just go ahead and subscribe, you yeah. know, trying to get this thing going, but, um, it's still in the works. I got bar, but we probably got like 18 videos, which is surprising. Cause I felt like at one point I took like probably like a solid, like four or five months off. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I still got quite a bit of video. So, you know, I try to do once one a month, I'll probably double up and drop, well, I'm going to drop or three this month, because um, I got a special one coming out um, that's really near and dear to my heart. Oh um, So that one, that one will come out and um, later this month. So that you know, just trying to keep that, keep that going. But I think it's it's cool, man. It's just something to do with your kids, and um, I mean, she enjoys YouTube. So if she wants to be a YouTube sneaker reviewer, then that's what we're gonna do. That's right. But um, yeah, it's fun, man. It's cool.
0: That's awesome, brother. I yeah. like that a lot. Uh, So I don't know As we kind of wind down here uh, I just like I mean you know me I'm kind of a clown I just say whatever I want So Yeah uh, Real quick You got uh, You're jamming by yourself In the car What's your guilty pleasure music? What do you What's your go to Like you would probably be embarrassed If all the boys knew that you love that song What is that song? Mm,
1: Yeah That's a good question um, damn, I don't know. There's a few. I mean, I like R&B stuff. Yeah. So like the some so a lot of R&B stuff is really good. Um, that I'd be like singing. Yeah, I mean, probably be an R&B song. Which
0: one? Because I know it's it's right there at the tip I, of your tongue.
1: I can't even think of the name of it, bro. Like, I don't
0: sing know. it to me. <laughs> I
1: ain't gonna do all of that. But uh, let me <laughs> see, man. Um, no, it's not that. Wh- Oh, you know what? Let me find it, bro. It's it's a weekend song, The Weeknd. All right. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was my song, boy. Uh, Where's it at? I know I got it on here somewhere.
0: It's probably number one on your top plate.
1: <laughs> Not quite. Uh, I don't even know what the song is called, bro. Acquainted by the weekend acquainted by the yeah, that's my that's my right all right i appreciate that yeah if i had i'd be in there i'd be in there singing my little heart out yeah (laughs) with that one for sure absolutely Uh, well one thing i talked about in the first
0: episode was just me it was you know like 10 minutes long was that i hope to grow the podcast so like other people could have conversations
1: (laughs) no for sure
0: and uh Like, obviously, we haven't known each other long. We just happened to hit it off right away, and we've been cool. Yeah. What is – I mean, obviously, you've kind of been around, right? You've gone different places, seen different people. No, for sure. What's one piece of advice if somebody was listening that – not necessarily a shy person, but, like, struggles, like, you know, just having a random conversation? What's one thing that – what's one thing you could plug them to, you know, brighten the world a little bit? I think more people need to just, like, talk to each other, you know? Oh, for sure. So –
1: um, I think one thing that I struggle with, like, I, I'm I think I'm really confident, but I have a lot of doubt sometimes. Um, I'm a firm believer, always betting on yourself. Right. So whatever the hell you think you can do, just know that you can do it. Like it took me so long to, like, convince myself of, like, starting a business. Right. Yeah. So i um, starting a business of just something that I love to do. Right. They said this is whatever you do for work, as long as you enjoy, it, you never work a day in your life. Right. And that really sticks with me. Um, So being able to do that, it was really hard for me to convince myself that, hey, you can do it. Right. I, oh, my mom. Oh, yeah, you'll be great. Oh, you can do this. And like, yeah, i talk to my mother probably like three or four times a day, man. Like I just I mean, she always if I have a question, whatever, probably one of the smartest people I know. Um, But like she just gives me that confidence, man. And I just owe so much to her. Um and just building me the way I am, you know, Um, and my father, too, like, like, me and my father are, like, one of the same persons, like, I don't know if that makes sense, but, yeah. you know, just the way, you know, really ambitious and, you know, hungry, always never settle for less, and I, I think I, I struggle with that, right, Um, like, shit, you talked about it, even at work, right, I feel like All right, cool, bro. You're doing good. Well, shit, I don't think I'm doing good enough, right? It's always that extra added pressure that I put on myself um, to be better. Um, And I think that's what I struggle with. But I just say, man, anybody out there, bro, just always bet on yourself. Like, no risk, no reward type thing. And, um, you know, I heard something else. and I heard it before, but, you know, uh, having pressure is a privilege, right? Yeah. Having pressure is a privilege because – I feel like you have so many people Depending on you right Or whatever the case Whatever your situation is But I know for me like If I don't make shit happen bro Nobody else is gonna make it happen So I have to make it happen You know for For my sake And my family And things like that So you know Just always bet on yourself man Don't don't have a lot of self doubt You know As long as you're doing the right thing Everything will work out And just be You know Just be nice to people man Yeah (laughs) Like um, Treat people the way You wanna be treated And I just That's That's what I think bro Like there's times that um, you come across, across situations where it's like uh, you can do the wrong thing, but I'm a firm believer in, like, bad karma. Oh, yeah. Like, for you sure. You know what I mean? So, like, if I... I'll tell you, for example, like, the other day... Or not the other day. It was, like, a few months ago. Like, I just felt guilty. Like, I'm driving my wife's car, and the car is old. Or it still runs and stuff like that, but... Like, when you reverse, it kind of messes up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, I didn't pull into the parking spot enough, and I didn't reverse good enough. So I ended up bumping his car. And the easiest way to get out of it is just fucking drive car or. and go somewhere. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but I felt so bad. I'm like, man, fuck. And, uh, and um, I'm like, man, I'll just write her a note. Like, hey, hit me. I don't, I don't know when you're coming out, but hey, I'm sorry I hit your car. Here's my phone number. Give me a call. We'll figure it out from there. And um that was like the biggest thing for me. But, you know, I felt like if I didn't do that, shit, somebody probably gonna total my shit, you know what I mean? And then I got paid for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just always doing the right thing and just always having good juju and karma. Um is always something that I believe. Just being a good person at the end of the day. Right. Be a good person and everything else will take care of yourself. Yeah, you know I what I mean? For go sure. Snapping
0: pictures <laughs> of us out doing though. No, I appreciate yeah. that, brother. Nah, for <clears throat> sure, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I know uh, yeah, no, you wanted to be on here and i wanted you to be on here so i appreciate
1: it bro uh, i appreciate it
0: we had a great conversation uh everybody listening appreciate y'all listening uh, yes for
1: sure man big things coming man hopefully we we'll can do it again
0: yeah first full-length uh uh interview for me so i appreciate that so much yes, sir uh please like comment subscribe rate five stars unsubscribe subscribe again <laughs> whatever you got to do uh share this to your socials thank you all so much for listening. It's only good where you want it It's mm, only green-